to be seated. Please join me in prayer. Loving God, we thank you for this blessed Easter morning when we have been brought together to celebrate the greatest gift of love that we can ever imagine. Freedom from death, freedom from the slavery of this world. We come here needing to bend down like Mary bent down to that tomb to understand things that are hard for us to understand and that you will illuminate. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy Easter! Welcome! Welcome everybody! Everyone who wants to rejoice in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, rising from the dead. We welcome everyone to the good news of the greatest event in all of God's world. Amen? We welcome everyone, and we invite you now to welcome people sitting next to you by turning to them and saying, Christ is risen indeed. Let's do it. Christ is risen indeed. Y'all did it. That's beautiful. Thank you. And bless you. You're doing what all Christians must do with our lives. We must all proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, our risen God, our risen Lord to the world. Feels kind of good, doesn't it? Together, we have just now proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ our risen Lord. And I, I suppose that I should just quit while I'm ahead, right? You know, why press my luck? The, the truth, though, is that we're here not just to proclaim the fact of the good news of the risen Jesus. No, I'm pressing on here today because my real job today is to help us understand why in our 21st century, a world of facts, a world of what's, why in this world we need to accept not just the what's of Easter, but the who's of Easter. And there are three who's who matter in Easter. You, God, and everyone here and in God's world. The who's of Easter matter more than ever because of this world that tries to make everything a what. The internet, TV, other media surround us with what's every moment of the day. And this world of what's turns everything alive into little more than meat or packaging for meat. Working people are now called human resources. Ever heard that term? Sounds like something you'd buy in a fertilizer store, doesn't it? Science, as good and useful as it is, turns everything into data. If it's not a number, it's not real. And when the great cathedral of Paris, Notre Dame, was damaged horribly in a fire last week, I heard lots of talks about the what's of that place, but few, if any, news reports dared to mention God. The who of Notre Dame. To them, it was just a what. Life really isn't about the what's, is it? You can ask Google how many days you've lived, how many heartbeats you've had in those days, 
how many times you've breathed in those days, and you'll get an answer. But that data won't tell you what life is about, right? No way. Life is more than what we can count. Life is more than what we can fit into our heads because we're not all just little computers walking around with information about what's in God's world. No, we're alive, we're breathing, and our lives are more than just what's. Our lives are stories filled with living who's, just as God's creation itself is a story made and lived in by the living God. And for the sake of this world of what's, though, let's look at the facts, shall we? In 2016, some of the best scientists in the world started to examine the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. This church in Jerusalem is revered as the place where Jesus was crucified and buried in a stone grave. And when Jesus was crucified, it was a place called Golgotha, meaning the place of the skulls. It was a quarry just outside Jerusalem, a place where people could easily see people being killed by the Romans and then bury them. The site was filled in by Romans not many years later to hide it from early Christians under a pagan temple. But when the Romans became Christians, they tore down that pagan temple and they built a church over the cross and the grave. In the era of science now, many people doubted that this was actually the place where Jesus was buried. And then, just a few years ago, scientists were asked to restore the shrine in the church over the grave of Jesus. And these scientists made three important discoveries. First, they discovered that underneath much later construction, there was, in fact, a stone tomb carved out of rock, just as it was described in the Bible. And when they had to lift up that, the stone that covered the place where Jesus was laid, they made another amazing discovery. The bed of Jesus was still there, right under another stone that had been cemented onto it. And they analyzed that cement, and it turned out that it was from the time when the Romans had first sealed the bed. It appears that the tomb of Jesus is real. It's a fact. The tomb is real. But that's not what brings people to the tomb. Not really. The tomb is a what? No. People come there not for a what, but for a who. They come there because of the who we know as Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Humanity. They come because of the saving love of a God who could never be just a what and always a who. The Jesus who walked on earth is gone, but the who on this earth, who was fully God and fully human, Jesus Christ rose from the dead there. People don't worship a stone or a body. They worship the living God, the risen Jesus, who lived with us and as us, heaven on earth, walking around. 
You know, on that first Easter morning, while it was still very dark, some women went to that stone tomb of Jesus in Jerusalem, expecting to anoint his dead body. And they were shocked to find that the tomb was open. Mary Magdalene, one of the most devoted followers of Jesus, went running back to where the other disciples were and told them this frightening news. And Peter and John, two other deeply devoted disciples of Jesus, went running to the tomb to see what had happened. And they entered the tomb, and they found nothing but the cloth that Jesus had been buried in. All they found were what's. They believed, John Gospel tells us, but they only really believed that the body of Jesus wasn't there. They didn't yet believe that Jesus could be risen. So John and Peter, they went back to where they were staying in Jerusalem. Mary, though, Mary Magdalene, stayed behind, and she didn't care about the what's. She cared about her who? Jesus, her beloved teacher, her God who lived in Jesus as Jesus. And she was confused. And she was frightened. And she was very, very sad. But she was, above all else, in love with the who she had followed and served even to his death on a cross. And this Jesus was more than what's. This Jesus turned what's into who's everywhere he could. He healed the sick. He taught people how to forgive and to be forgiven, restoring love, dignity, and justice. He walked on water. He even raised dead people back to life. To Jesus, what were just things waiting to be alive in God? And so Mary Magdalene, who loved the living God in Jesus so very much, bent down and looked one last time into the tomb of Jesus. And there, she didn't find what's. She found who's. Two angels, dressed in white, sat on the bed in the tomb. And these eternal who's from God spoke to Mary and asked her, Why are you crying? The tomb wouldn't provide answers to Mary. Instead, those angels in the tomb gave Mary a question. Why weep? Mary, don't you know already the who is who will answer you? And so Mary Magdalene, she got up and she turned around. And there, through her tears, she saw a, a, a man, someone, maybe a gardener, and this person, a who, asked Mary, who are you looking for? Who are you looking for, Mary? Asked the risen Jesus. Who are we looking for today, friends, and family in Christ? Who? Christ is risen. Christ is right in front of us. And we don't even recognize him many times. Just as Mary didn't at first on that morning. As so many people didn't see Jesus for who he was when he was on earth. Jesus is with us here in this place right now. 
waiting for us, like Mary, to change our point of view. Amen? And to hear Jesus calling our name. Who are you looking for? That is the one who you will find today and always. Oh, I forgot to tell you the uh, third thing that the scientists found in the tomb of Jesus. Turns out, their scientific instruments didn't work there. Try as they might, they worked fine just outside of it, but they failed to work in it. Maybe they'll figure out that problem someday. The, the problem isn't with scientific instruments, of course. There isn't a problem at all with the what's of the risen Jesus. The problem is with us denying the who of the risen Jesus. We, my friends, we are the who's of God's world, called by faith in Jesus Christ to hear the call of Jesus in our hearts. The who's who are called to proclaim the living who of the risen Jesus to all of God's world. The who's called by God to stop treating ourselves and God's world like what's. To wipe away the tears of being treated like what's. And to find the courage, the hope, the assurance deep in our hearts that Jesus lives in our hearts. To find the stone of death rolled away from our hearts now and forever so that our hearts may be filled with Jesus forever. So that our lungs may shout for joy in Jesus forever. And so that our world may be covered with the saving love of Jesus forever as we're transformed in God's Holy Spirit by the Easter sunlight of the risen Jesus. You, our God, and all of God's world are alive in Jesus Christ. Jesus is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Glory to the risen Christ, our God, our Savior, now and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. And with that, ironically, I'm going to ask you to seat yourselves. faith. In the words of the Apostles' Creed, this represents one of the most ancient affirmations of Christians from the very, very beginning of Christian history. Let us say together, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come to, again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you and bless you for that affirmation of faith. It's time now for the prayers of the people. The time when we lift up our joys and concerns.
and not just from our church, but our community and God's world. It's Easter, so I'm going to do a couple from the community. We are so grateful for everybody's prayers, both in this book and on your hearts. We pray for the family of Martha Jane Schmaltz. We pray for Gene King's brother, Bruce Willett, who has tumor removal surgery this Thursday. Please hold him in special prayers during that time. We pray for Laura Hill, who's one of our members retired to Utah. Uh, She has upcoming back surgery. We pray for traveling mercies for Jerry and Michelle. We pray for the Amiot family. We pray for Janet Hurst, who is undergoing cancer treatment. We pray for Colleen, who's had breast cancer, and the family of Joe, I'm going to have to pass on, Joe Doobie, pardon me, who is in mourning. We pray also for God's world. We do pray for peace and wholeness in a world that is broken by the what's, by being made what's, by having to suffer as what's. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that everybody who feels today that they have been a what or have seen their loved ones turn into what's, that the who we love is Jesus Christ will be touched by that Lord in God's Holy Spirit. We pray for our military. We pray for our government leaders. We pray for everybody who serves in their communities and across God's world to bring healing, peace and justice and hope. And we pray today especially, I wish that soon our family shall get better. We're broke, divorced and everything. Hopefully, there's a change in all. I pray for my little brother and for the poor to receive an education and many useful things. May this be so, according to God's will and God's grace. Would you pray with me, please? Lord of creation, Lord of resurrection, Lord of transformation in your spirit. Cover these prayers that we have lifted up today in the merciful and joyful and all-powerful light of Easter hope. Lord, you are our hope. You are the world's joy. You are the world's grace. Anoint us with this grace here today in this place and throughout God's world. May there be nothing but empty graves in our minds and hearts so that we may be fixed on all the good, all the light, all the love that is available from you right now in this place and throughout the world in your living presence. Make it so in our hearts. Make it so in us. Make it so everywhere, we pray in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We thank you for coming to celebrate a joy-filled Easter. We thank you for your families who have joined you today. We thank you for newcomers 
We hope that this is a good experience for you. And in gratitude for all the goodness and love that God offers us in God's world, we present now our tithes and offerings that the love of God may flow through this church into God's world. to a, a joyful celebration of Easter. Let's remember that we're going from this place, not just to exit, but to begin. And here is our charge to keep as we go from this place with Easter joy. Who is our Savior? The risen Jesus. Where is our Savior? In our hearts, in God's world, and in heaven. 
offering God's saving love in us all. May we see Christ with us, in us, and for us, now and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. And now, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord shine God's face upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up God's countenance, even on little O.S., and grant us peace now and forever. And may the people made of Easter joy say with joy in their hearts and their lungs, Amen!